Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You just got home from the hospital and all 30 cousins on your mother's side want to meet the new baby. You're not really comfortable with so many people around this early on, but you don't want to offend anyone by saying no. Okay, so maybe you don't have 30 cousins coming over, but we've all been in situations where we've made ourselves uncomfortable because we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And early parenthood is full of decisions like this. So today, we're talking about boundaries, how to set boundaries that work for your family, and how to stick to them, even when the in-laws or well-meaning grandmothers push back. We're here to help you know you're not alone and hopefully give you some encouragement along the way. This is Newbies. He's gorgeous. Um, it's a girl. Surprise! The whole family's here! So when are you having the next one? It's just poop. Ready for another? Wow, you look really tired. Ready to go back to work? Yellow poop? Seriously? Did you sterilize this? Sex? Now? You've got to be joking. You should sleep when the baby sleeps. She doesn't look anything like you. I thought you already had your baby. I did. Babies don't come with instructions, so there's newbies, helping new moms and new babies through the first year. Welcome to Newbies. Newbies is your online, on-the-go support group guiding new mothers through their baby's first year. I'm Natalie Gross, mom to a three-year-old boy and a girl on the way. We've got a great show today talking about setting boundaries as a new parent and navigating some tricky conversations that may come along with that. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to visit our website at newmommymedia.com and subscribe to our weekly newsletter, which keeps you updated on all the episodes we release each week. Another great way to stay updated is to hit that subscribe button in your podcast app. And if you're looking for a way to get even more involved with our show, then check out our membership club. It's called Mighty Moms. That's where we chat more about the topics discussed here on our show. And it's also an easy way to learn about our recordings so you can join us live. Now let's meet the parents joining our conversation today. I have on Mary Geller and CJ Monroe. Welcome to Newbies, guys. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, to start off our discussion, tell us a little bit about you, your family, and experience with today's topic. So CJ, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, sure. So my name is CJ Monroe, and I am a dad to a beautiful uh, 14-month-old girl, and we actually... I uh, just found out that we are expecting a second one due in January. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, super excited about that. I love being a girl dad and everything that goes along with that. And uh, my family lives in Illinois and uh, my my side of the family is um, all across the United States. And so we're kind of far from my side of the family, but my wife's side of the family is pretty close, uh, less than 20 minutes away from uh, where we live. And so they are, um, they help watch Lila a couple days a week, um, for us to help with childcare. And so we, um, uh, we deal with the, the boundary issue quite a bit, uh, with us. So <laughs> yeah, more on that to come. Mary, what about you? 
First of all, congratulations, CJ. That's so exciting. I also have a January baby girl because my daughter's five months old. All of our family lives in Oklahoma for the most part. We've encountered this issue mostly when they visited us. So yeah, I'm looking forward to digging in. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on Newbies, we're talking about setting boundaries as a new parent. Also joining us today is Carly Schweet, an author and founder of the blog and website Hello Postpartum, where she's written on this topic of boundaries. Her work has also been featured in Bustle, Forbes, Mind Body Green, and more platforms. Carly, thanks for joining us and welcome to Newbies. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk about this topic today. It feels very top of mind for me, and it sounds like CJ and Mary too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so let's talk about the importance of boundaries, especially as new parents. How can they help? Oh my gosh. I mean, boundaries are so important. You know, they really are the pivotal tool that can help us protect our energy, whether it's our physical energy, our emotional energy, our, you know, our mental health. Um, it can help preserve and improve relationships, you know, if they're used in a, in a, you know, really proper and supportive way. Boundaries don't have to kind of be this all or nothing. Well, I mean, they kind of do, but uh, they don't need to be this like isolating thing. So I'm excited to share more. Yeah. Well, in your writing, you talk about boundaries being both internal and external. So can you explain how that works? Yeah, absolutely. So internal boundaries, these are the boundaries that we kind of hold and honor within ourselves. There's no one else involved. It's really just you. And the external boundaries, those are, you know, the limitations that we place on the behaviors of others um, and how they interact with us and our and ourselves or, you know, our child. And an example, like an internal boundary example would be, okay, when baby is born, I, I'm telling myself, I am going to really work on sleeping when I can, you know, making that a priority for me and setting those boundaries to maybe stay off your phone or let the dishes wait or let the laundry stay unfolded. Uh, <laughs> And really honoring that internal boundary within yourself to preserve your mental health or your physical health. And then those external boundaries really look like telling Aunt Sally, no, you you can't come over and kiss the new baby 10 minutes after we get home from the hospital. <laughs> so, okay, here's the hard part then. How do you go about setting boundaries as a new parent? And is this something that you should communicate to people even before baby comes so they kind of have time to prepare? Absolutely. I, I was just having this conversation with a good friend of mine who is expecting. And um, I told her, I believe the most important thing you can do to prepare for a new baby is to get these kind of this game plan in place. Like, 
What do visitors look like? What are visiting hours? How many people can you realistically interact with a day, a week? How long can people stay? When do you even want to start accepting visitors? Uh, It's important to have those conversations before baby comes and all the while knowing you can change your mind, right? You can always change your mind, but chances are you'll be too overwhelmed, too exhausted, and honestly just not up for setting those boundaries once baby's there because you have a lot on your plate. It's important to establish those rules and limits beforehand, I believe. Mm-hmm. Well, we know there's going to be pushback as it seems like everyone on this call has dealt with. So yeah. what are some tips for dealing with pushback? And a common one I'm hearing actually a lot lately is grandparents who keep begging for the baby to spend the night at their house in that first year. And they just don't take it well when the parents keep saying no. I keep hearing this scenario. So I'm curious, like, how do you deal with people who just kind of aren't listening? Yeah, it's it's really tough. And I'm going to say this probably multiple times throughout this. Setting boundaries is not easy. It's not fun. It's not something I look forward to doing. It's not supposed to be that way, but they are very important. You know, the the pushback will never end, right? So when you kind of release that expectation of oh, well, no one's ever going to push back. There will always be pushback in some form. I think number one is just accepting that there's going to be pushback. And number two, you know, staying firm within your boundaries and say, you know, saying thank you so much. We love how supportive, you know, you are as a grandparent and we feel really grateful, right? We always got to butter them up a little bit first, but at this time, we're just not comfortable with sleepovers and it's that's that's really just on us and that's something we're working on and you'll be the first to know when we're ready to take that step. That's good. <laughs> that compliment sandwich. I love it. Exactly. And it's it's not that, oh, we don't trust your grandparenting skills, yada, 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 because people take boundaries personally for the most part. Uh, they feel like they're not good enough or if they've done something wrong or, you know, they can't live up to your standards. So it's important to say upfront, this isn't anything you've done or haven't done unless of course, obviously it is, (laughs) but saying we'll let you know when we're ready, you'll be the first to know, uh, usually can buy you some more time. (laughs) Yeah. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Carly and our parents about setting and sticking to boundaries, especially in the early days of parenthood. Stay tuned. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, (sighs) well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We 
We are continuing our discussion on boundaries today. So before the break, Carly Sweet, the founder of Hello Postpartum, was sharing about the importance of setting boundaries and how new parents can go about that. So now that we've set boundaries, Carly, let's shift now to talking about how we stick to them. So I'm curious if you have some examples in your own life as a mom of boundaries that you've set for your family and how did you navigate conversations with family members or friends around that? Because like we've talked about, you know, these conversations are not always easy. They're not easy. They're not easy. And I do have a great story that actually just happened like three days ago. Um, Speaking of grandparents and my dad is recently remarried and they're so lovely amazing, amazing supportive people. Uh, But we haven't seen them for a few months because they were living out of state and they're now coming back um, to Washington state where I live. And so I just shot them a quick text message before they came over. And I, I flat out said, Hey, it's, Hey, first of all, so excited to have you back in town. Really looking forward to spending time with you. Wanted to catch you up to speed on a few things because it's been a while since you've seen our kids and we wanted to share what we've been working on. And then I went out to list, you know, three different main bullet points of here are the situations, here's how we've been handling it. Uh, And then at the end, I just said, thank you so much. Again, we're so grateful and excited to hang out with you and really appreciate you, you know, Co-op, not I didn't say cooperating, but uh, appreciate you respecting our boundaries on this. Uh, it really helps lower the stress levels for everyone involved. And my dad responded and he said, sounds great. Thanks so much for the heads up. And I was like, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> that is cool. Good for you. Mary and CJ, I'd love to hear some examples of situations that you've had to navigate as well. Yeah, first of all, I would just like to say, Carly, thank you so much for all of that. I mean, you're obviously an expert and I really appreciate, like I've just learned a lot listening to you from t- for 10 minutes. So I'm excited to implement that when we have another kid. And especially when you said setting boundaries before the kid comes, because I definitely resonated with, you know, once the baby comes, you you just don't have the energy to to stand firm and some and sometimes and I'm an extrovert. So when we had visitors, like I enjoyed them in the moment and I love talking with them and sharing my baby with them. But then I look back and I just wish I had spent more time enjoying my baby. And it's definitely like, like you said, boundaries, people take them personally, but they're not personal against those people. It's just something I wish I would have done that I want to do in the future. Have you had to navigate any like tricky situations with like family members or friends or anything where, you know, it's kind of been tough to kind of navigate pushback on boundaries, Mary? Yeah. So when my in-laws visited, there was a lot of commentary on just my methods. I wouldn't, it wasn't necessarily overt. I would say it was more passive aggressive, but I didn't necessarily directly communicate the things that were hurtful, but I eventually laid out, this is our method and this is what we expect you to do. But I definitely had to practice like the inner confidence that I knew that what I was doing for my baby was what's best for them. Cause I'm their mom. I'm her mom. And you know, I can't let critique affect my confidence. CJ, what about you? 
Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm actually kind of the opposite of Mary. I'm I'm more of an introverted, uh, stay at home kind of guy, and um, <clears throat> I can do people and be around people, and um, but it tends to drain uh, my energy pretty quick. And I also am aware that like my my child will need to be around their grandparents, and uh, my wife is very extroverted, and her uh, her parents are very extroverted as well, and so. There was uh, a lot of that learning of, uh, uh, well, CJ is a little different than the rest of us kind of thing. And uh, so balancing uh, that whenever we are spending family time with uh, with her parents, whether that's lunch on Sunday or uh, family events or things like that, um, and just being aware of each other um, with that. But um, our uh, Kirsten's parents watch uh, Lila two days a week uh, when we're both working. Uh, thankfully, our schedules work out to where um, I have two days off um, that are opposite from my wife's two days off. And so we really only need uh, additional childcare for two days, which has been an incredible blessing that I know not a lot of people get. Um, but on those two days, uh person's parents uh, end up watching her, um, our, our daughter uh, a lot. And for a long portion of the day, basically from when she gets dropped off after waking up through uh, past dinner time, almost to uh, bedtime on those two days. And so uh, one of the boundaries that we've run into recently has been we switched from uh, when she was first born, like cuddling her and letting her nap in our arms because it was uh, cute and sweet and she really just napped a long time while we were holding her to, hey, it's actually better and she'll sleep better if we lay her down and let her soothe herself to sleep and go through that process. And we've talked with them several times about uh, letting her cry. Like, it's okay if she's crying. You don't have to go and rescue her every single time she starts crying. Um, at home, she'll cry for a couple of minutes and then she goes to sleep. And then sometimes she'll wake up in the middle of her normal nap schedule and cry and fuss a little bit, but like if you leave her alone, she'll go back to sleep and that's totally natural. And in the moment, they seem like they're on board, um, but several times uh, just over the last couple of weeks, there have been uh, reports that I'm getting from my wife of, uh, well, she decided to, that she only needed to nap 20 minutes today. And isn't that funny? Ha ha ha. And it's like, oh, that's, uh, that's not great. What happened? And uh, we find out that, yeah, she started crying after 20 minutes. And so they apparently can't deal with her crying. And so they go and get her and um, she might nap on pop pop or she might uh, just get up and play. And then she's completely tanked whenever we pick her up. And so we don't even get to hang out with our daughter after we both get off of work on those days because she's instantly going to bed at like six thirty, seven o'clock at night because she didn't get her nap. And so that's been kind of a rough situation of like, I would like to go over there and like, be like, Hey, if you're watching her, this is something that you have to partner with us on. Um, but also just being aware that this is my wife's parents and like, they might not take it as well from me as they might take it from their own daughter and trying to let my wife handle that with her parents and knowing how best that they will respond to that and helping set those boundaries with them.
Yeah, that that does get tricky. And you know, when we're talking about grandparents, one thing that comes to mind when I think about boundaries, because I've run into, you know, these same issues with my parents and my in-laws that you guys are talking about um, with the sleep thing. We're very, you know, strict on sleep schedule or things like that when um, my son was little. But, uh, you know, there, there's these differences with generations and, you know, our parents or in-laws are maybe leaning on how they were raised. And in many cases, we see millennial parents trying to do the opposite. So that can be, you know, they can have <laughs> comments on everything from like how we feed the baby or the choices we make about discipline uh, when that baby gets a little older. How would you say uh, the generation gap has maybe played into the situations that you guys have encountered? And Carly, I don't know if I know you speak to a lot of parents in your line of work too. So I don't know if you have any comments or thoughts on that as well as what you're seeing like trends wise. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can even speak from this from a personal level too. You know, it's every, every generation that we go through, we learn something new, right? And I always tell myself, well, what are they going to say, you know, in 20 years, well, those parents back in 2022, what were they thinking, you know? And we're all just learning and doing the best that we can. And I think when it, when it comes to boundaries, um, I just had someone comment a, a, a well-intentioned older woman comments on something that I did. And I, I just said, yeah, isn't it interesting how, you know, parenting styles can change and this is what works for us now. And then another favorite comment, um, or, you know, response is just like, why do you ask? Yes. It just kind of ends the conversation. You know, people are like, oh, goodness, why did I ask? Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Yeah. Mary or CJ, any thoughts on kind of the generation gap and how that's played into some of these situations? Yeah, something that one of my in-laws commented on when they were here after I explained our methods, they said, I don't remember there being so many rules. (laughs) And my husband responded, he said, well, I think there were rules, but you didn't call them rules and they were different. And so to us, like to you, what we, what our methods are look like rules when in reality, they're just our methods and they're different from yours. Yeah. I know my, uh, my brother, uh, he's got uh, five kids and they're actually fostering another one. And uh, the parenting style that they had when it was just their natural born children uh, had to change drastically whenever they started um, fostering because there's different rules and things that they have to follow from the foster agency and from the um, from that program and just you know different abuse situations and things that happen with uh, with foster children that are are different from your own children who have grown up in a a healthy, natural environment. Uh, and so things that had to change, uh, my dad was a very strict military guy and, um, and he was very quick on the, on the corporal punishment, uh, when we were growing up, uh, lots of, lots of spankings and uh, things like that. And then he got really creative when we got too old for spankings and he got real creative with, 
the punishments where we actually kind of craved being spanked because that was way easier and quicker <laughs> got it out of the way but with my brother and his kids um it's it's been very interesting to just watch um, my brother kind of walk that that line of hey this is this is the way that you used to do things and here's the way that we have to do things because of our foster child or because uh um, this is the way that we parent and they do a, a kind of a gentle style parenting where they kind of talk with their kids about why things are happening or why they are getting in trouble or do you understand why that's not appropriate behavior and my dad growing up sometimes it was this is the way that I do things because I said so and there wasn't a whole lot of back and forth conversation it was I'm the parent you're the child you're going to listen to me so Having those conversations with my dad has really helped grow him as a uh, as a grandparent, and I think he's been uh, surprisingly receptive to that. I thought he was going to be more, uh, nope, this is the way I've always done things, and this is uh, this is how it's going to happen. But uh, he's been really great at helping kind of co-parent as a grandparent whenever the grandkids are all over at their house, and so it's been really uh, interesting to watch that growth and flexibility from a very strict militant father. I also had a military dad and uh, it kind of sounds like exactly the transformation that I've experienced too. So I'm that's, that's interesting. I'm grateful for that as well. Well, looking back, parents, are there any boundaries that you wish you would have set as a new parent? Or are there cases where you bended on boundaries that you wish you would have stuck to? Um, I can share, you know, personally, not so many around parenting because I really prepped and prepared for that. The most surprising boundaries I wish that I had set as a new parent were those with my care provider and better self-advocacy for myself uh, in my birth process specifically um, and just learning what what limits and boundaries I am capable of setting as a patient uh, in the healthcare field. And I I learned that from my second birth, but for my first, it was it was a big learning curve. Hmm. Yeah. So those boundaries start even before baby's born. That's a great point. What I would change is how Carly mentioned, you know, setting boundaries with people and limits on how many people can visit during those first few weeks before the baby comes so that you actually have the energy to do so, that's something I would do different just so I can enjoy my baby more and um, not be worried about entertaining people. Um, I know for uh, for us, we uh, I'm a youth pastor, and so we're up at the church all the time with our child, and um, lots of people kind of watch her and, and uh, hold her, and everybody loves our child, and, and it's awesome. And I think that we kind of expected that everybody would kind of be aware of what's okay to feed a child and what's not okay to feed a child. And um, we, we were just kind of watching and not, not that we're like anti-sugar or anything like that, but um, we just, we were trying to slowly introduce foods. Um, she had just turned uh, six or seven months. And so we were slowly introducing solid foods into her feeding thing. And, and so we were, we were at the church and hanging out and one of the uh, youth workers that was holding our daughter and, and has held her and, and watched her numerous times before and is a parent of four or five kids herself. We come around the corner and, and see that she is feeding our daughter icing off of uh, one of those Walmart cookies. 
uh, and she goes, she really wanted it. And it was like a ha ha ha. And like in the moment we didn't really say anything. We were just like, Oh, okay. That's all right. That's fine. And like, we didn't realize that like telling people like, Hey, make sure that we're not feeding our child's things or like without us, without asking us, we didn't realize that that was something that needed to be said. We kind of, I guess maybe took that for granted and early on in that process of just, I don't, I don't know why I wouldn't, I would never feed another kid a, a cookie or, or dessert or anything without checking with the parents first. And so I guess I kind of assumed that others would think that way too. And so no need to set a boundary there. Hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. Well, is there anything else, any other thoughts that you guys want to share? I think ultimately, you know, the biggest piece of advice I could, you know, kind of leave you all with is to really harness your confidence in parenting. And also if you have a partner, get them on board with these boundaries ahead of time, explain why they're important to you, what they will help protect, and ultimately, you know, how these boundaries can strengthen not only your relationship with your baby, but your relationship with your partner as well. Um, Because as many of us know, a baby really, really impacts a relationship and boundaries when they're, they're properly executed, they, they really can help, you know, add that strength back to the relationship. And that goes for all relationships, honestly. I have a question for Carly. Do you have any advice on how to respond to criticism if that whether it's for me or my husband, since in-laws are involved. Yeah. I mean, criticism is definitely tough and it's never good to hear. Right. And for me personally and, and professionally, I just, I remind myself, first of all, the criticism usually isn't about me, right? Like this, their criticism is coming from a place that, you know, maybe an insecurity of theirs or something that they wish they did or, who really knows? So first I always remind myself, this isn't about me, Carly. This is probably, you know, being projected on me by somewhere. Um, and then just, and, and really harnessing that, that parenting confidence, like I said, and saying, you know, thanks for your feedback, but this is how we're doing it. Or actually this is what works for us. I'm not looking for any other feedback right now. Thank you. That was really helpful. Oh, good, good. I'm glad. Uh, and I, I also had just kind of a question um, for Carly as well. Um, knowing our struggle with uh, my in-laws about nap times not being followed and things, it has me slightly worried about the future as my daughter becomes uh, more of herself and just very assertive and things. And um, sticking along the lines of the discipline and following the rules that we have at our house and I want to respect their relationship as a grandparent and their ability to be grandma and grandpa, but at the same time, uh, not allowing, not allowing others to, to dictate what they are doing or letting my child run, you know, wild around their house and uh, just cause mess and mayhem, you know, and allowing them to, if they are watching her in a full-time capacity on those, those two days, I want them to help discipline the child as, as is necessary. But, uh, if the rules for nap time aren't being followed, I'm, I'm kind of worried about, uh, if discipline rules will also be followed as well. That's a great question. I'm glad you brought it up because I, I found myself, you know, thinking about how would I handle this? What would I say? And I think, you know, 
first of all, tell the grandparents how grateful you are and all those (laughs) great things and really approach it as and reframe it as this is for the well-being of of our child, right? Your grandchild. So we want to make sure that we're all on the same page because ultimately this is for her well-being. These rules, this structure, um, her sleep schedule, specifically when it comes to that sleep schedule, I think it's important to call out to the grandparents. We're teaching her a lifelong skill here. In these nap times, this matters. Her sleep schedule matters. This is a skill she will carry for the rest of her life. And we need your help to be on our team to really, really stick to that. And if that feels challenging for you, or maybe her crying is triggering for you, let us know. Let's talk about it and come up with a plan together because we are not willing to, you know, bend and negotiate on this. This is literally how I talk to my toddler, but it's the same thing. And then you can also say, once kind of the, the the dust has settled over the sleep schedule, these are other non-negotiables when it comes to discipline. You know, maybe it's her safety. Maybe um, it's the food that she can or can't eat. We need you as her grandparents to honor these with us, to help send a cohesive message to our daughter and, you know, set her up for success. And then obviously say like, here's where you guys can have all the control that you want but these are kind of our foundational boundaries we need you to stick to. Hopefully that helps. Yeah, that's really good. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much, Carly, for coming on and being our expert today on this topic of setting boundaries. And thank you to our parents, Mary and CJ, who joined us for this episode. Be sure to check out Carly's website at hellopostpartum.com. Also check out newmommymedia.com where we have all of our podcast episodes plus videos and more. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Newbies. Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Preggy Pals for expecting parents, Parent Savers for moms and dads with toddlers, The Boob Group for moms who give breast milk to their babies, and Twin Talks for parents of multiples. Thanks for listening to Newbies, your go-to source for new moms and new babies. This has been a New Mommy Media Production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider.
Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.